Welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're with us. The most impressive thing of this past week for me was not the Super Bowl, and it was not the return of the blacklist. You probably missed it, unless you're an overly zealous fan of NASCAR or of Darrell Waltrip himself. Waltrip spoke at the National Day of Prayer Breakfast this past Thursday, and he laid out the impact that Christ has had on his life with the President and the First Lady sitting right there, among many other people. He began by talking about his personal life and what a disliked person that he was by by fans, by other drivers. And let me just play a bit of that for you now as he describes his personal life. But the hardest thing to do is to look back and see how you were. Uh, My personal life was a mess. Uh, I drank too much. I liked to go to the bars and hang out with the boys. Um, I just did all the wrong. I did everything to satisfy me. Uh, Whatever felt good to me, I did it. With no, no, I didn't give it a second thought. It's just... That was my lifestyle. That's how I lived. Waltrip then began describing how he came to Christ, the process that led him there, and the impact that his wife Stevie had and the role that her prayer life made in his salvation experience. Stevie would always pray for me. She would always, she was a godly woman, and she loved the Lord way before I did. And she would always pray that someday, somehow, uh, we would get involved in a, a Bible study or we, that I would, that we get involved in a Bible study or a church or something. And I'd always kind of blow her. I said, look, honey, I race on Sundays. I don't have time to go to church. I'm busy all through the week getting ready for the next race. I just don't have time for this church stuff and this God stuff. I just don't have time. Okay. And you know what she said? Well, I'll just keep on praying. And let me tell you, when somebody says they're praying for you, you better pay attention. And don't take it lightly. People don't pray for you if they don't care about you and if they don't love you. And so when somebody, and it used to happen to me, amen, amen. It used to happen to me at the track, and people would come up and say, uh, I'm praying for you. And I'd say, oh, well, thank you very much. i got to go now. Uh, don't ever do that. Uh, embrace that person. Because they don't take, they don't, it's not a waste of time. It's them embracing you and, 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 and caring about you. Waltrip then begins to describe the decision point when he first came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now remember, the president and the first lady are sitting right there. And of course, it's the National Day of Prayer Breakfast, so you're expecting a faith theme. But Waltrip really made the most of the opportunity that was presented him. In 1983, I had a horrible wreck, worse than that one you saw there. I had a concussion. Uh, I went for a couple of weeks to the next couple of races. I didn't even know, I didn't remember being there. And when I finally came to or woke up, I realized that that wreck had knocked me conscious. It scared the hell out of me. (laughs) And I mean that literally. I realized I could have been killed that day. What if I'd have lost my life right there that day at Daytona? What would I have done? Would I have gone to heaven? Or would I gone to hell? I thought I was a pretty good guy. But folks, let me tell you something. Good guys go to hell. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have a relationship, if he's not the master of your life, if you've never gotten on your knees and asked him to forgive you of your sins, you're just a pretty good guy or a pretty good gal, you're going to go to hell. Think about that. 
I did. And like I said, it was a wake-up call. It, it, it literally knocked me conscious. Stevie and I started going to church. We met Dr. Cortez Cooper, one of the godliest men, preached from the Bible, loved sports, a lot like the president. He could play any sport. He could pretty much knew a little bit about every sport there was, and he knew me personally. And because of him and him talking to me, just like I'm talking to you this morning, every time I went to hear him preach, I felt like he was talking directly to me. And so we met in a high school in Hillsboro, uh, just outside of Nashville there, while they were building a big sanctuary. And we met in this high school. It was July. It was hot, kind of like being in a race car. No air conditioning. I got down off my high horse. I got down on my knees. And Dr. Cortez Cooper and Stevie and I prayed that the Lord would come into my life and forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And that was the greatest day of my life. And he didn't leave it there. He then described the change in his life and the new person that he had become. That changed everything. Where I'd felt like I was always in it by myself, now I had somebody to pray with, talk with, to guide me, direct me, the wisdom of the Lord. I, I had it. He also shared a touching account of answered prayer and God's blessing in his life regarding his firstborn daughter. Stevie and I wanted to have a family. We, had, we, we were having trouble having kids. We had a couple of miscarriages. And we were praying, God, can you just, you know, can you give us a child? And we'd gotten so to the point where we thought, well, we'll just adopt. We're not going to be able to have kids of our own. We'll adopt. And then Stevie got pregnant, and we prayed, and, and the Lord said, gave, gave us peace about it. He said, hang in there this time. I got, I got something special for you. And sure enough, Jessica Lee Waltrip, uh, September the 17th, 1987, we had our first child. I, folks, was on cloud nine. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get to the track. I left that weekend to go to Martinsville. I get to the racetrack. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proud papa. And everybody's congratulating me, congratulating me because they knew how badly we wanted kids. I go over to my race car on Sunday morning, and in the seat of the car is a vase with one rose in it. And a note. I pulled the note out. I opened it up. And it said, win this one for me, Daddy. No. Huh. I, uh, that was quite a moment. Um, I'd never been called Daddy before, and, uh, and I'd never been a father before. And I was so, I was so happy. And I, I have to tell you, this, 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 almost, this is a fairy tale. I never led a lap of that race. I wanted so badly to win that race for Jessica. Never let a dat gum lap until the last one. <laughs> and you won't believe what happened. You know, people say, can you tell me a time when God showed up? I don't think he was working against those other guys, but he sure was working for me. I know that. <laughs> we go off the last of white flags in the air, and I thought, man, I'm running third. There's nothing I can do. Dale Earnhardt and Terry Labonte, they're a little bit quicker than I am. They go down the back straightaway into third turn at Martinsville, a little paperclip racetrack, and Terry bumps into the back of Dale. And when he does, both cars get a little loose. They slide up the racetrack, and D.W. goes driving by. He actually shares a very similar story about another daughter's birth and yet another victory. But then he gives us a little insight onto the godly woman that God has blessed him with 
as he shares a story about Dale Earnhardt Sr. One final story for you is about Dale Earnhardt Sr. I don't know how many of you people knew the old intimidator. One tough customer, my biggest competitor. We were frenemies. <laughs> we were friends off the racetrack, but not so much on the racetrack. And this beautiful redhead down here, she loved Dale and Dale loved her, and she witnessed to him just as much as she witnessed to me. In 1994, Neil Bonnet lost his life at Daytona in a practice crash. Sunday morning, Stevie had always put scriptures in my race car on a note card. Not good luck charms, just encouragement. Whatever happened that week, the scriptures sort of fit the events of that week. We're standing on pit road, praying with some of the chaplains from MRO, and Dale walks by. Now, Dale's one of those guys that, you know, he's a tough guy, and so for him to pray or to acknowledge that he may have a relationship with the Lord was pretty hard for him to do. But he walks by, Stevie grabs him, says, come and pray with us. We all huddled up on the pit road there, and when we finished praying, Stevie hands me the note card with the scripture on it, and Dale grabs it. And he says, what's that? And he read it. And he looked at Stevie, and he said, where's mine? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She ran to the our pit box, got a note card, wrote a scripture, put it on the note card, and ran back to Dale's car, and Dale put it on his dash. And so from that day until 2001, when he lost his life at Daytona, he had a scripture in his car, just like I had in my car. You have to know something. Me and this guy, we were fierce competitors. He didn't like me and I didn't like him when we were on the racetrack. That woman would make us pray together. <laughs> that, Stevie would grab him and grab me and say, I want y'all to pray together. And we'd, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and then, and then, to make it worse, she'd say, tell him you love him. If you're just joining us, I'm sharing some remarks from former race car driver Darrell Waltrip as he spoke at the National Day of Prayer Breakfast this past week. Among those in attendance were, of course, the President of the United States and the First Lady. He then concludes his speech. This is Waltrip as he describes the Lord as a strong tower. The hardest thing about being here this morning was, as I prepared, and I did prepare, uh, was, <laughs> was, was looking back and, and remembering how I was. But the good news this morning is uh, I'm not that way anymore. I... Uh, I just share this. You don't, have, you don't have to walk alone. You don't have to carry all those burdens like, like it's you against the world. You have to do like I did. You've got to get off your high horse and get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. He's waiting for you. He was there all the time. I just didn't, I just didn't know it or acknowledge it. I told you when I got up here. I wasn't running for anything. But I will tell you this. I am running to something. The Lord is a strong tower. The righteous will run to it and be safe. God bless you. God bless America. God bless our president. And thank you for letting me share with you this morning.